Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. And welcome to episode nine of the Travel Tidbits podcast. I'm Jamie Weidel, travel agent and owner of Pineapple Escapes. This week, we are excited to have Samantha Harris joining us on the podcast. Samantha joined our agency just over a year ago, um, last January, January 2020, um, obviously right before COVID, which was horrible timing, but she has been an amazing addition to our team. Samantha originally found us through LinkedIn. I had posted a job listing. And Samantha applied, and as soon as I saw her resume and her travel background, I knew she would be a great fit for Pineapple Escapes, and she's definitely been a great asset to our team, even during such a crazy year as 2020 was. So Samantha, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to become a Pineapple Escapes agent. Well, Jamie, my, um, I live in Southern Kentucky, right near the Tennessee state line. I was born in Northern Indiana. My husband and I have been married for 11 years, and we have four children ranging from ages 6 to 20, and we also have a black lab and two dwarf goats. So I, I obviously need you to talk about the goats' names. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, one of our goats is black and white, so his name is Oreo, like the Oreo cookie, and the other one is named MJ after Michael Jordan because... Mm, he is the goat. So um, my kids are clearly more clever and creative than I am. Um, but those are how the goats got their names. Um, my journey to a travel agent started really in December of last year. So my husband and I had gone to Paris for our 10-year anniversary. And when we got back, people literally asked us if we had robbed a bank. So. I know that this person was joking, but to me, it was like people had this mentality that normal male class people can't do big things. And I wanted to help them and show them that they could do those kind of things. So that's when I started researching and looking for tribal agencies. I didn't want to give up my full-time job. So I was looking for something that I could do remotely at home, kind of flexible schedule on my own time. And that's how I came across your posting on LinkedIn. I love that. And I think that's a great reason to want to be a travel agent is to be able to help other people to travel. And I think most of our agents, that is a big part of why we do what we do is because not only do we love to travel, but we want to help other people to enjoy and have those experiences as well. So Obviously, we're really glad to have you on our team and helping all of our clients to reach those goals. So let's jump into our slice of life. So tell me a little bit about where you guys are with virtual school and what's happening for your family with virtual schooling and COVID and all of that right now. Well, we have been 100% virtual since before Thanksgiving until today. So my kids actually... Yes, let's celebrate. So they went to school today for the first time. We are only two days a week. They go Wednesday and Friday, but you know, we will take it. They need out of the house. I need out of the house. <laughs> I need them out of the house. Let's be real. So they are in school today and we'll see how that goes. I'm sure they were 
dragging this morning. They were excited to go to school, but not excited to have to get out of bed at 6 a.m. Yeah, my kids have been virtual schooling since October, and they actually are supposed to start back next week. Um, So they're excited about it, but I think we'll have the same situation where they don't really want to get out of bed in the morning and make it go because Bo Bo especially has been waking up about eight o'clock and rolling out of bed and doing school in his pajamas. So it's definitely going to be an adjustment to have to get up and get ready and pull themselves together every morning. But hopefully it'll be a good thing. And hopefully we're on the path to bigger and better things and maybe some normalcy here in 2021 is hopefully we see more and more vaccines and more and more travel. So that's my hope anyway. Any thoughts there? I hope so. I know my kids are struggling. You know, their grades are struggling. They're struggling mentally. It's just uh, my husband reminded me, I think it was Saturday when he wanted to go somewhere that he looked at my life 360 and I hadn't left the house since Monday. So (laughs) we are all ready to have some normalcy, you know, be able to get out and go and do things a little bit more. When we're at home, we tend to quarantine a little bit more, you know, to make sure that if we do go somewhere that we are healthy and that we've not been around anybody who's not healthy or not bringing things around people that we don't need to be. So we do tend to kind of hunker down when we're at home a little bit. And it's hard on you when you're not used to being a homebody. Absolutely is. And I mean, obviously, we've been traveling some. We went to Disney and Universal. You were with us on our training trip. and. I mean, we've done some things this year, but it's definitely been a different type of travel. And so I think we're all looking forward to what's to come in 2021, even if that does mean vaccines for travel and what all that will entail. But we're here to help everybody with that. But anyway, let's jump into our at the core this week. Um, This week, Samantha and I are going to talk about budgeting and saving for travel. So Samantha's background is actually in accounting. So She's a perfect person to talk to about budgeting and how all of this could work. And so one of the things that Samantha mentioned as she was introducing herself is that, you know, people think that travel has to be expensive. And yes, there are some trips that are expensive and are pricey, but there are other trips that can be done very economically. And I think that this can sometimes get lost in the shuffle. So Samantha, with your background as an accountant, How does that impact how you budget for trips and how do you personally budget for the trips that you go on? Thinking about your trip to Paris or the story that you were telling me before we started recording where you took your son to SeaWorld and Disney for the first time. How does that impact your budget and how you do these types of things? Well, first of all, I think you have to set a realistic budget. And I firmly believe that you can travel on a budget if you have, you have to align your expectations with your budget though. So, you know, when we took our trip to Paris, there were, we actually flew to New York and then from New York flew to Paris because it was $700 cheaper per ticket than flying directly from Nashville to Paris. And so we did, it took an extra day and we had extra flights, but I had Southwest points that we were able to use while we flew to New York from Nashville, we used on the Southwest Point. And then we actually just booked our trip out of New York instead of out of Nashville. Um, so you have to 
recognize that sometimes you can't do maybe exactly what you set out to do. Or, you know, you look at kind of what is the priority? What do you want to get out of that budget? Do you want to stay in a nicer hotel? Do you want to stay an extra night? Do you want to save money on a on a flight and not fly nonstop? You know, it's just kind of we rank really what is the most priority and spend the budget on that first and then kind of go down the list. So with thinking about like your background as an accountant, do you have like details? You can totally travel on a budget. Um, like you talking about our very first trip to Disney World. My son wanted to go to SeaWorld. He had been dying to go to SeaWorld. And at the time I was a single mom on a fixed income and I didn't have $3,000 to spend on a week in Florida. Um, my boss at the time had a timeshare. So she said, you know, that you can book, I don't have a timeshare, but you can book hotels and things at a discount for your timeshare without using your points. So she booked my travel for me as far as my hotels accommodations. We went to SeaWorld for one day and we went to Disney World for one day. And a lot of people don't want to go to Disney World for just one day. I mean, it's a long trip to Florida for one day at Disney World and you can't see a fourth of it in one day. But if all you can afford is one day, then you do one day and you make the best of it. So that's kind of where we have started, I guess, with our travels is learning that if you want to do something, you can make it happen. You have to save for it. You have to make sacrifices. You know, we might not go out for pizza every week for the next three months, but those, you know, that $30 pizza night can go in a fund for a month's worth of pizzas once a week is one day at Disney World. Absolutely. And I, I think one thing I think a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of us do give up other things in our personal lives and for our families to make travel happen. For my family, travel definitely is a priority. And we put that spending before a lot of other things. Um, we typically drive our cars for 12 to 15 years. Travel become comes before home remodeling. Travel comes before basically anything. I mean, yes, obviously we eat. That's not a problem and, and those sorts of things. But when it comes to any discretionary spending, travel is where our money goes first. And I think making that decision and making that a priority for your family is one of those things that really kind of sets the tone for what's to come. So thinking about how you budget for this and how this works for you, do you have like specific spreadsheets that you use? Like, how do you set aside money in your budget for travel? Like, are you paid weekly and then you take a certain amount out? Like, how, how do you handle that sort of thing? My husband gets paid weekly. I did get paid biweekly, but we have a very complicated budget system. So we have three different checking accounts. So all of our money, we calculate, you know, our bills and things and our normal household expenses. We each have so much of that direct deposited into a checking account. And then the rest of it goes straight into a savings account. So we know that this here is what we can reasonably live off of. We can pay bills, we can eat off of it. And anything extra we have sitting in that savings account. So we know, hey, this has a balance here and we can use it to do this now, or we can let it sit there and go to Alaska with it next summer. So we do have an account. Now, I mean, if 
you know, there's car repairs that have to come out of that occasionally or, you know, any type of extra things. But we do have, I guess, if I'm being honest, we have five different bank accounts. So the accounting (laughs) is pretty rough at home too, not just at work. So we do have separate accounts for different things. I guess it's kind of my online envelope system. And I've done something similar in the past. Mike and I are each paid weekly. And so there are certain amounts each week that I've had taken out and put into a special travel savings account. So before I even see that money to pay out bills or anything else, that money just gets kind of redirected into a different account so that it's just put away and saved for travel. And and I think that that's a good way to think about it and to do it is if travel is a priority, have it come out first, like the whole concept of, you know, pay yourself first. Obviously, I mean, it has to come after all of your life necessities and needs and bills. But having just that put away and letting it sit there and grow, I think you can find a little bit of money here and there that can help your travel budget grow as well. Well, it's a lot easier to save if you never see it. So if you just, you know, if you have it direct deposited into a savings account, if you... Typically, unless something comes up that you weren't expecting, you won't miss it. But if you wait until, say, you get paid on Friday, so the Thursday night before you say, hey, I have $30 left from the week, I'll put that in savings, you're never going to get to that point where you can save up things for the big ticket items. You know, but we take it out first and then you make work with what we have that we left over. Yeah. And that's how we tend to do things is we kind of just set that money aside and then know that it's there for travel when those opportunities arise. And I think also being aware of, I mean, I think that's one of the big benefits of being a travel agent is I'm aware of, as I'm booking for other people, deals and different situations and promotions that come about. Like for example, with Disney, Um, When a promotion is released, I go through my entire client list and apply that for any of my clients. It's just part of the services. And I think all of our Pineapple Escapes agents do this. But I think having that knowledge and that background of, you know, where those promotions are, where the more economical flights are, how to find those options can go a long way. Um, Let's talk a little bit about flights. I know that you're a big fan of Frontier. Um, personally, where I live, it, I'm more of a Southwest person. I also fly Allegiant quite a bit, which is a more budget airline. And there are things that we need to be aware of when we're flying a budget airline. Let's talk about that a little bit. Talk about your frontier flights that you find. So we do, um, out of Nashville, you can fly typically to um, Denver, Las Vegas, Philadelphia, and Orlando, decently cheap, nonstop out of Nashville. Um, my family, we took my oldest turned 17 in December. And so for his birthday present, which touches on another topic we can talk on a minute, is gifting travel as a way to save and budget for it. But his birthday present, we didn't buy him a PlayStation game or whatever else he would have had on his list. He wanted to try skiing for the first time. So we flew to Denver, $64 a person round trip. Um, now, when you fly Frontier, you do have to be aware they charge you to pick your seat. We don't pick our seats. You know, they assign us a seat. Typically, if you're on the same reservation, they put you together. It's not guaranteed, but we don't choose our seats. So you can save that money there. We pack in a backpack, 
because they charge for um, not just checked bags, but a carry-on bag as well. You can have a personal item up to a certain dimension that's free. So we each have a backpack that fits that dimension. Um, if we're going to be gone a little bit longer and it doesn't fit in a backpack, we just kind of cram all in one suitcase and check one bag. But you can do those. You know, if we had to fly somewhere that was $250 a person, it doesn't make sense for a two-day weekend in Denver. Um, but at $60 a person, it was, you know, okay, let's do this for your birthday. Let's go see. And we had, it was actually an amazing weekend. So as I mentioned, I grew up in Northern Indiana. And one of the memories that I miss is playing in the snow with my sisters and going sledding. And, you know, we didn't have very many snow days from school, but the first thing we did when we got home was go play in the snow. Now living in Southern Kentucky, we don't, we don't get that, you know, we'll get a little bit of a dusting, it melts, it freezes, and we end up with just a layer of ice over everything. So we had a great time. My kids got to play and see in more snow than they've ever seen. And I mean, as soon as we got to, we stayed in Breckenridge, my six-year-old just laid down on the ground and made a snow angel and was just in heaven. So, you know, it was those kind of memories that I guess that you're paying for, not as much as just the skiing, but um, we do fly Frontier a lot with the kids. We like Southwest. I use um, Southwest a lot more, I guess, if it's just me and my husband or if we're going somewhere that, you know, is not much of a price difference. So um, my next trip to Orlando, there was like a $40 price difference to fly, whether Frontier or Southwest. Well, we'll probably just use my Southwest and go on. Um, but sometimes you can save a lot of money. I have booked $22 round trip flights on Frontier to Orlando. However, those flights also did get canceled. So, you know, if you've got something that you have to be somewhere by a certain time, you have other money that's non-refundable wrapped up in something, you probably want to stick to a bigger airline that has more flight. Frontier typically, at least out of Nashville, has one flight to a destination three times a week. So if you can't make that one, if your schedule's not flexible, it's not really going to be an option for you. Um, but if you have a flexible schedule and, and don't mind the budget airlines, it is a great way for a family with four kids to travel somewhere and still have money to spend once you get there. Yeah. And I, I agree. Um, our family kind of goes back and forth. So we, I mean, we fly the big airlines. We've flown American, Delta, all of those. But um, we have a Southwest credit card. And that I have found has been invaluable to us because we basically put everything on it every week. And then I pay it every Friday. So we don't have interest debt or those sorts of things. But then we're able to acquire points that we can use for free flights. So most of our domestic trips, we can fly for free. And the last two years, we've also had companion pass because of the credit card and because of our weekly spending. And so being able to have that companion pass so that Mike can go for free whenever I'm traveling has also been invaluable to us. Like basically we fly for free and that's awesome. So I buy my, my flight with points and then Mike's free as my companion. And then if the kids go, typically we have enough points for them as well depending on where we're going. So we've flown to Orlando numerous times. We flew to Denver over Thanksgiving and went to Estes Park for free. And it's all just using the credit card rewards wisely and building up those points. 
the big budget airline by us that I fly the most, obviously we have Frontier out of O'Hare that goes pretty frequently and some Frontier flights fly out of some of the smaller airports, but I actually really like Allegiant and it's a budget airline and some people I know are totally against budget airlines, but I have been able to fly some places that I wouldn't be able to go otherwise because it's so economical. And I have learned how to pack in a backpack, how to do these different things. And actually the the crushed it segment that we're going to talk about today is going to be perfect for my backpack travel here in a few weeks that I'm really excited about. So, but we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But as Samantha mentioned, gifting travel is also a great way to kind of factor that into your budget. Instead of spending, you know, five or $600 on Christmas gifts, you can spend that five or $600 as part of a trip. And if you add that up amongst your family, that can add up really quick. And yeah, maybe they don't have, maybe they have two presents under the tree that relate to the trip, or they have one gift that they open on their birthday that relates to the trip, or you get a cake or something like that. But the real gift is the trip and those memories that you're making. And I think that that makes a big difference to kind of have that mindset and to think about your budget and how you're spending that money in different ways. And it's, it's really not about the things. Um, my family actually has a garage sale every year as well. And that's one of the things that has motivated me to give travel as a gift is because when I see these things that end up in my garage sale pile every year, I'm like, why are we buying this stuff? This is not, this is not where our money needs to go. It needs to go towards memories and travel. Any thoughts there, Samantha? I 100% agree. So we have been actually, let's say four years ago, kind of heavily doing that at Christmas time. We've done it for years for birthday presents. Um, we do ball game tickets, concert tickets. Like you might get us, you know, a new sweatshirt or a hat that you want to open up, and we're going to get you some cupcakes. But you're going to have to go spend time with with mom for your birthday. <laughs> so um, I guess I bribe them a little bit, but we do. Um, We've gone to Memphis. We're kind of close to Memphis, Tennessee to see the Grizzlies play and a lot of concerts. My 17-year-old, he loves going to concerts with me. So he thinks he's getting a birthday present. Well, does he know I'm kind of getting a present there as well? So, but you know, he's, like I said, he's 17. So I've got a year and a half left before this kid graduates high school. And so we kind of try to soak up those moments as much as we can. And, you know, if I have to spend a hundred dollars on a concert ticket for his birthday present, I would much rather do that. Even if it's music that I don't want to listen to just to go spend time with him and that he has those memories. Um, it's one thing that we have been missing a lot. Um, we went to Charlotte two years ago. We're both big fans of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and, they typically come to Nashville every Christmas. Well, the past few years, they haven't came to Nashville. So they were in Charlotte the weekend of his birthday two years ago. And so we bought him tickets for there. And we went and spent just one night in a hotel and went to a concert together. And it's really missing those kind of things. And he mentioned that this year that he wished that we could have gone this year. So I know it means as much to him deep down as it does to me. And I'm hoping that those memories will last him a lot longer than you know, a new Xbox game or game system or, you know, a new cell phone or whatever else that he doesn't need. Um, but we have been doing the past few years at Christmas, we've gone to Disney World or Universal together. And I was 
kind of surprised when I joined the agency that it was like, oh, this is not something that my family came up with because all of you guys do the same thing too. (laughs) You know, it's nice though to be able to use that. You know, if you think you're going to Disney World sometime, a Disney World gift, a Disney gift card in their stocking instead of another present. You know, there's ways that you can definitely use those presents to save money and pay for travel and to budget that way. So my my youngest, his birthday is the 1st of February, and my oldest is the 1st of December. So neither one of them need toys for the birthday and Christmas. I mean, there's just too much. You get so much. Um, Andrew actually asked this year for his birthday to go to Florida. So that's when I found those $22 flights on Frontier. I'm like, okay, even if we just hang out by a pool at the hotel for your birthday, that would be a fun weekend. But unfortunately, those flights did get canceled. So I have to kind of look at the schedule and see what else we can do there. Yeah. And I think that those kind of trips to make some of the best memories. Speaking of Disney gift cards, one thing that I'm not sure that a lot of our clients know, but you can actually buy those at Target if you have a Target red card and save 5% on those. So that's another little added savings that can help you budget for a Disney trip if you have a Target red card to get that 5% off of those gift cards. And then those can be combined then to pay for your trip, to pay for food, to pay for souvenirs. Um, One of the trips that we have had planned, um, actually it was the week that COVID hit last year in March, my son and I were supposed to go to Disneyland together. And so obviously Disneyland is still closed, has been closed since March of last year. But as I was dropping Bo off yesterday afternoon, um, he had a appointment yesterday and I was dropping him off as he got out of the car he said you know you still owe me a Disneyland trip it's been a year and I'm like honey they're so close but it's it's just one of those things where I think thinking about budgeting differently thinking about how you can gift travel in different ways and I also think setting your kids up for those kinds of gifts where they realize you know yeah Christmas morning isn't going to have 10 gifts under the tree. Instead, you're going to have this trip that we're going to go on together and maybe a couple of different things under the tree to open and kind of setting that precedent for what it's going to look like for birthdays, Christmas, different holidays where travel is integrated into your family. Any other thoughts before we move into our crushed it segment? The only, yeah, the only other thing I think to point out is Disney does really good with offering the payment plan too. So that is a big help. Um, you know, if you book your, the package with the resort and the ticket, you can book it with a $200 deposit and make payments on it. So I think that is a big help to families as well that they offer that. Yeah, I agree. And I think also you can usually book Disney at least a year in advance. So. If you're looking to go to Disney in 2022, we can't book that yet, but we will be able to probably towards the end of June, but we all keep wait lists. So if you're looking at 2022, you can go ahead and reach out to us and we can get you on our list so that we can reach out as soon as they're open and available to book. And then you can pay that $200 deposit in June and you could have over a year to pay on your trip and we can do weekly payments, monthly payments, bi-weekly payments whatever you need to do to make it work, we will work with you and make those payments for you. Um, So I think that that definitely is a big perk that makes Disney more economical and easier to work with for our clients. To sum up, Samantha and I both think that travel can be a priority for any family, no matter their income level 
or how they want to work it, there are ways to budget and save for travel and make travel a priority. We've talked about a few of our tips and suggestions, and I'm sure that we will address this more in a future podcast as well. And if you have questions, please reach out to us through any of our social media links or comment on our podcast page or or part of our script notes. Um, And we would love to talk about this further in another episode. So Samantha, let's move into our crushed it segment this week. This week, we are talking about a toiletry bag. Samantha's actually the one who told me about this bag originally. It's from eBags. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about this bag and how you found it? I think I found this bag last year. I was um, searching for an anti-theft backpack for our Paris trip. And I come across this toiletry bag that I think it's it's advertised as packet flat. And I'm like, how do you pack a toiletry bag flat? Because all of them that you see are, you know, like a an oblong kind of bulky makeup bag. And so I did end up ordering this toiletry bag just out of curiosity. And it is perfect. It is the best one I've ever found. Um, it does pack flat. So it kind of, it, it folds up like a pair of blue jeans and it lays just right on top of your clothes. You don't have to make extra room for it. Um, but because it's flat, it will also, as we mentioned, pack in a backpack if you're on one of those budget flights and don't want to pay for luggage. So it'll just slide right down in there. When we went to Colorado, my son actually put his in the, um, the sleeve for a laptop. So that's just how much room it takes up in your backpack is it fit right in the laptop sleeve. And it held, actually on that trip, held three of our toiletries in one bag. So you can fit for as small as it is and as little room as it takes up, it actually holds so much things. And it's got kind of different compartments. So if you put, you know, shaving cream on one thing, then zip it up and it explodes. It doesn't go over all over everything else or makeup in one pat, you know, one zipper. So yeah, it's worked out great. We actually have three in my house in different colors and it's got the little hanging clip on it so you can hang it on a towel bar at your hotel. You recommended it and I bought it in gray and then the first trip that I took it on was our Disney and Universal trip and obviously I overpacked for that trip but I'm really excited for our trip in a few weeks when we go back to Disney World and I'm packing in a backpack because I took one of those I booked a budget flight so I'm just going to have my backpack this time and I'm excited to pack in this packet flat toiletry kit um, bag because I'm sure that it's going to fit and I'm still going to be able to roll my clothes up in my backpack too for four days. So I'm excited to see how it works. Well, I'm excited to see how you pack in a backpack because saying that you (laughs) overpacked for the first trip is a little bit of an understatement. I have never seen one person travel with three full-size suitcases on a trip. So I am going to meet you in Florida just to see you pack in this budget backpack with this fancy toiletry bag. When I pull up at Disney Springs with just my backpack, you're going to be like, oh, she can do it. You know, to be fair, one of those big suitcases was filled with gifts for you guys whenever I came last time. So the gifts will be much smaller. <laughs> I used my cup on a daily basis, so uh, those those um, gifts were very much appreciated. <laughs> well, that was at least one of my suitcases, and then I filled it with popcorn buckets on the way home. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> but well, anyway, I might, Samantha, <laughs> I might be as guilty with that popcorn bucket fiasco. <laughs> 
I think we completely encourage that. So, yes, I came home from Disney with three Christmas popcorn buckets. So, one of those things. Anyway, our toiletry bag is definitely a five pineapple ring item. And I will show pictures on my Instagram and on the Pineapple Escapes Instagram when we travel um, at the end of January so you guys can see how it fits in our backpacks as well. And I'll link to it in the show notes if that's something that you would be interested in purchasing. Um, It is not sponsored. This is just something that we like and wanted to share with you as a travel favorite of the week. Anyway, thank you, Samantha, for joining us today. And thank you, everyone who's listened. It was fun talking about budgeting and saving for travel. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a review. New episodes of the Travel Tidbits podcast go live each Monday, and we'd love to have you join our community. Bye, guys. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices. Amplified.